This is Adam Gorney. This is the Respect My Decision podcast. And this week's guest coming from beautiful Mobile, Alabama, you can see behind him an incredible hotel room today is Woody Womack at the Mississippi Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Game in Mobile. And there are definitely some players that we want to talk about, starting with Peter Woods. Now, this is a guy who's moved up in, in our defensive tackle rankings, can play DND tackle. He has completely dominated the week, wouldn't you say? Yeah, so I tweeted about it. I mean, it's crazy. Like, I've never seen, like, in an all-star setting, a defensive lineman just <laughs> completely destroy his team's practice. Like, they literally cannot do team install, any type of anything, because he immediately collapses the entire line and is in the backfield. And, you know, they're not allowed to hit the quarterback or anything, but he has to pull up every time or he, like, smacks someone in the chest or something, you know? So I talked to him today, and I was like, you know, Peter, what are the offensive coaches mad, mad at you? <laughs> yes, this is ridiculous. And he was like, hey, man, I came here to prove, you know, that I was one of the best in the country, and I've always wanted to play in this game. And, uh, you know, I'm here to make a statement. And he's definitely done that for me. I mean, you know, sometimes we can put a little too much value in sort of like, you know, one-on-ones in practice because it depends on the matchup. But it doesn't matter, man, inside, outside. I mean, I think he's finally embraced me in a D-tackle. If you remember when he came to our camp back in the spring of 2021, I was like, yo, Peter, you got to slide inside, man, and take some reps at D-tackle. And he's like, I'm a DN. Well, that was, you know, 60 pounds ago. Um He's big and he's just so quick. And I think what separates the good from the great defensive tackles now and, you know, the modern game is the ability to rush the passer and not just eat up space or, you know, yeah. defend the run. And I mean, he, he legitimately can rush the passer from the defensive tackle position. And I just think I was asking him today if he thought Brzee was coming back because the two of them playing side by side would just be a nightmare. Uh, for offenses next year. Yeah, that's what was interesting about Woods throughout his career. We know him very well. You know, last year it was sort of like, all right, well, Jeremiah Alexander is drawing double teams, so Peter Woods is going to clean up. And then at camp, you're like, well, is he a D-end? Is he a D-tackle? We're not sure. He's kind of a tweener. And now now it doesn't matter. He's inside. He's he's killing everybody. He's doing a great job there. And I think Clemson's getting a another super special defensive lineman. Let's move on to another person that – we hadn't seen as much of Cole Patterson saw him and loved him. Uh, Sunterine Perkins, who has an incredible frame. He's long and lean. He's like that safety or linebacker type that can do it all. And he, and he's also a guy that on offense has put up a huge game. You know, Lane Kiffin was at his game. Pete Golding the other day was at his state championship game and he just went off on offense. This is a guy. And this is, these are tough you know decisions to, to make later on, but will be in the five-star discussion, right? Yeah, I mean, I think having seen him now in person and, and when I texted you a couple of uh, clips today, you, you kind of, you know, committed heresy and mentioned Derwin James as a comp. But if we remember, I mean, Derwin was a great offensive player. Uh, he would come yeah. to events and play both ways. We got clips of him, the wide receiver beating DBs that are now in the NFL. Um, so he was really special at that. Perkins has been kind of low-key in practice. I mean, he's kind of a laid-back guy. But uh, talking to people who saw him in the the uh, state playoffs that you mentioned, I don't know, I mean, he put up some insane numbers. There was a lot, a lot of five-star discussion. People telling me, Woody, you got to make the move on him, you know. And seeing him in person, just like, you just don't see high school prospects look like that yeah. in terms of, 
just the physical build and the athleticism. I think the, the best part is a lot of these guys we're going to get to see a couple times here over the next few months. So I don't have to make the decision solely myself. Uh, and the knock on him from the uh, football dork community is he has no verified, there's no verified time. He didn't do shot put, you know, in the spring. It's like, that's what. I don't need to see him do the shot put to determine that he probably is going to be a first round draft pick. And, you know, the guy, one of the best linebackers I ever saw out here in the state of Mississippi was was Nicobe Dean. Uh, and, you know, he was super productive in college and now is, is playing well in the NFL. But I mean, he Perkins dwarfs him from a physical perspective. And I think he you combine his instincts with that with that build. And it's going to be tough to keep him. Uh, from being a, a high draft pick, assuming he stays healthy. Now, the all-important question is, does he stay with Ole Miss or does he flip to Bama? And the, the the word that I got was that his family kind of wants him at Alabama. They grew up Alabama fans. They've, they've lived Alabama their whole life. But I've heard that for six, eight months now, and he hasn't flipped yet. And, and Lane is making him definitely a top priority in this class. What's the sense you get? Is he just really giving the political answers of he'll figure it out later? Yeah, I think he's kind of going to wait to the end. I mean, this is going to be we've seen this over the years with, uh, you know, Chris Jones back in the day of Mississippi State with Cam Akers all the way to the end. You, you used to be with these kids from Alabama, Mississippi, it took a miracle to get them out of state. And now we're seeing the floodgates are kind of opening a little bit. So I, I think Ole Miss has to feel good that he hasn't flipped yet. And I think there's going to be some discussions there, but I just I think it's going to be tough to get him. Uh, to leave. You mentioned the family aspect. That could be the one key. And I think Nick Saban, you know, taking a personal approach here is going to be big as well. But, you know, I, and no matter where he goes, he's going to be a special player. I do think he'd be great on Alabama's defense. But, you know, it's it's really hard to get a read on him. He's definitely uh, got an unusual personality <laughs> as well. So, you know, and, and some of these guys, it's, it's fun for me to talk to and spend time, you know, around some of these guys that I haven't really known in the cycle and, and see them joking around and stuff. There's a lot, the, a lot of them having fun out here. So yeah, he'll be, uh, I think he'll keep us guessing. We'll put it that way all the way to the end. Let's talk about Aiden Williams because LSU is trying hard to flip him so far. No success. He's stuck with his old miscommitment. It looks like he's very, you know, at least, locked in there as much as you can be before you sign anything. And we've moved him up again to eighth wide receiver in the country. And I'm not sure it's enough still. He is very, very good. Um, how has he been out there? And, and what do you think of him and his ranking now? Yeah, he was out there today, messing around playing wide receiver, playing DB. Actually lost a couple reps and uh, he was so mad. Like <laughs> yeah. he, he lost to the same kid twice. Uh Chris Davius Savior, one of the all-time uh, elite recruit names, guy who's going to probably go to JUCO and we'll hear his name in a year or two. Uh, and he was mad. He was like, you know, he gave him credit. It wasn't like, you know, oh, it was a bad throw. He gave him credit and he said, man, you're so good at anticipating what I'm going to do. Let's go again. Let's go again. Until he finally got I think he, they finished like 2-2. But then, of course, one of some of the DBs were talking about how they played wide receiver. So then he switched to DB and won two or three reps, uh, you know, going against the DBs and wide receiver. So he kind of reminds me, I'm, I'm trying to think of like the comp for him. He's just so fluid. Uh, kind of reminds me of somebody from Florida, you know, a little, uh, little Jerry Judy ish, not quite as quick on the feet, but just the fluidity and the route running 
and with the ease he kind of glides down the field. I think it's going to be a discussion. I mean, we see how many wide receivers go in the first round of the draft every year now, five, six guys. And I think he's going to be one that that uh, will be a, a really good player in college. I just be curious. I don't I didn't get a sense that he's thinking about really flipping. Um, yeah, seems like, you know, he's got a good opportunity there at Ole Miss. So I, I would be surprised if he did end up flipping. Let's uh, go over two defensive linemen that are of interest. Kelby Collins, one. Uh, what do you think of him as a player and his recruitment as Alabama? Alabama's always wanted him. And when he picked Florida, that was a big statement win for Billy Napier to go into the state and get him. Alabama needs defensive linemen, and he was one that they targeted. They continue to go after him, and they won't stop. And then Keldrick Fock, who uh, might look better kind of on the hoof, uh, committed to Florida State, but Auburn – is really trying hard to flip him and Hugh Freeze. And like you talked to him yesterday, you know, he's going to, you know, have probably have an in-home with Hugh Freeze. He might go visit again, but it seems like he really likes the vision of Mike Norvell and what, and, and, and the season they had. If they struggled again this year, I think it'd be easier to flip him. Now it's probably a little, a little trickier. Yeah, we can start with Falk. I mean, I asked him point blank. I like, I didn't even recognize him to be honest with you because I remember him kind of being, you know, almost like a bean polish, you know, yeah. especially in the camp setting when they don't have pads on. You're like, oh, that's him, you know, like yeah. kind of a string bean. Uh, and he looks like a full grown man here. I mean, he kind of I sent you a picture of him and Collins side by side. He dwarfs Collins, who, you know, the first time I saw as a sophomore, I thought that kid's going to be a five star by the time he's a senior. So he's been pretty impressive, too. I mean. He could still move really well despite the add weight. He told me he put on about 25 pounds uh, since the spring till now, but it's definitely not bad weight. And I think that's a great one for Florida State. I mean, he, he said that Jared Verse was his guy and, and one of his favorite players yeah. to watch. Now he's going to get a chance to fall in the footsteps there. And they got a nice little pipeline at Florida State. The crazy thing for me, and we can talk about Collins too, uh, you know, you would never see these elite defensive linemen get out of the state, whether it be – Alabama or Auburn. I mean, it's insane to me that you could have Alabama getting at best the fourth or fifth best defensive lineman in the state of Alabama. I don't know what the solution is or what the answer is. I know uh, you can't blame the current Auburn staff, but you can't have guys going to Florida State and guys going to Clemson and, and you know, various other places and, and, you know, it just, it's crazy to me. It just doesn't seem kind of breaks my brain as, you know, the rule of thumb on the recruiting path where it's like kids from Alabama don't leave Alabama as long as Nick Saban is there. And and no matter who's been at Auburn over the years. You make an interesting point because, and I haven't done the research because I just did it on the fly, but the, the top three players in the state, and this might change after, uh, after this week or after the all-star games, but A.J. Harris going to Georgia, Chris Vizina going to Clemson, Kelby Collins going to Florida. You look at their defensive line group or the their defensive uh, – yeah, their defensive line group, and, you know, they could add James Smith. They could add Quay Roussaw, um, but Edric Hill, they have to go to Missouri. Uh, Yonze Pierre, definitely a very, very talented player. That's a big get. Hunter Osborne, talented player, but a 5'9". Jordan, you know, so, so it's not like they're just loading up. And like you said, they used to be able to just go in and get every single one of those guys without question. I mean, it would just be like when Mac Brown was at Texas, he would have his whole recruiting class done in the spring because they would just commit. They wouldn't even think about it. And 
know, there's millions of reasons why that's happening, but we don't have time for, to talk about that on the podcast. Last guy, Dakari Nelson, who is kind of, who has kind of flown under the the radar. He may, makes an early commitment to Penn State. This could be one of the best evaluations of the entire recruiting class because he's he has been really proving himself this week. Auburn continues to try to flip him, but he looks like he's pretty happy where he is. Yeah, yeah, and he had on old Miss gloves today. Kind of threw me off. I was like, "Hey, what's what's with the gloves?" And he was like, "Ah, you know, just gloves." <laughs> I, I imagine sometimes kids get so tired of that because it's just like these yeah. are the clothes I put on today, old man. You know, like doesn't mean I'm going to go to school there. I mean, I, and when I was in high school, a lot of people had South Carolina Gamecocks hats that they wore around campus, uh, but <laughs> it was for other. Were they all going they there? Yeah, they weren't. They weren't going there. They couldn't get in. They got to get, had to graduate high school before you can get into college. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he told me he's locked in. And, I, I mean, having a conversation, I actually meant to text you that uh, audio. I sent it to uh, our Penn State guys. He, he really seems locked in. He made a couple comparisons to some guys there that, uh, that you know, he really sees himself playing like. To me, I was really, I was really surprised with him today. Because he's listed on the roster as like an edge, you know, a defensive end linebacker. He was doing one on ones at corner, and he had two two interceptions out of like four reps, and he's just like swatting the ball away, kind of giving me the old uh, Isaiah Simmons uh, vibes. Nice. You know what I mean? So I think he's a guy, and for me, for sure, stock up just because of his versatility. I could see him. Playing safety, you know, I can see him covering. I can see him moving into the box. So, you know, doing being able to do all those things, I think he's. I think he's a great get for Penn State. And we've seen, you know, some guys we didn't rank high enough in their defensive backfield over the years, especially a guy like Joey Porter Jr. Uh, I'm looking at you, Adam Friedman. <laughs> we instituted a rule to, to fix that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the the I just think like that versatility can't be can't be overrated for me like the a guy like that is gonna succeed at the next level and have a great chance to play in the nfl and just kind of like the way he went about his business today it was very ho-hum uh you know oh i just made a pick you know yeah so what i think gets back in line i mean i love celebrating uh, but i would never hold that against the kid but just like he didn't even see him like sometimes the kid makes a play and he's like wow look what i just did and he was definitely no i expected to lock down that receiver which for a guy his size like i said who was who they thought was going to play linebacker or defensive end in this game uh definitely shows me that that he can kind of do it all all right last thing where was there a, is there a lot of dion talk out there is there a lot of hugh freeze talk or are kids just so tired of it and they just want to be over with it I was surprised. I thought we would hear more Dion. The, the big talk of the kids was the you know the portal onslaught. Uh, they were all talking about it during registration. Man, everyone's hitting that portal. That's crazy. You know, I I thought there'd be more Dion talk. Just hasn't been. I just you know I haven't been around them all week, but just watching side to side, just you know you know hanging with them on the sidelines. <laughs> One of the most interesting conversations was a bunch of the kids saying that they never watched the NFL. He was like, he's like, man, people ask me who, who my, who's my favorite NFL safety. And I got to tell them, I don't know any NFL safety. <laughs> <laughs> and they all agreed. The other kids are like, yeah, I don't watch that. NFL is boring. Uh, yeah. and, and I think sometimes fans have a hard time understanding that like these kids consume media in a totally different way than we do. Right. And they are not 
Like, I remember, like, Tennessee fans were like, oh, we hired John Gruden. All the kids who watch Monday Night Football are going to be lining up to play for him. It's like, these kids do not watch Monday Night Football. Like, it's not like, oh, (laughs) ABC's Wide World of Sports. It's like, no, they'll see some highlights on Instagram or TikTok or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the extent of it. So that was interesting in the in the portal talk. And I talked to some kids about the portal. Hopefully you have some content coming on that. But, you know, it's much more of a business. And the kids are kind of viewing it that way, you know, more and more. They're not coming into this kind of naive. And they, they've seen the way they've seen teammates. They've observed the way guys are moving around, the way coaches are moving around. And I think the kind of their decisions are being made on that. I'm just surprised there's not more flip talk here. Just a lot of guys yeah. – seemingly locked in. So uh, we'll see if that changes over the next two weeks. All right. That is the Respect My Decision podcast for this week. Woody's going to go tickle the ivories behind him. uh, And uh, we're going to call it a night. (laughs) Thanks for joining me. All right.